Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Matt in London this week and Ben in LA. And it's a slightly slight change to the pod this week. We had a bit of drama today. Uh, my house got broken into. My laptop's been nicked. Um, so it's a, a bit of a miracle that we're doing the pod at all. But um, I'm, I'm at my in-laws. I've got I borrowed a laptop. So we're recording a bit later than usual on Sunday night. Um, so it's going to be a bit shorter than usual. We're going to cut out a couple of bits, but we're still going to pod. And that's good. Um, so Matt. Coming to you first, what was your FPL moment of Game Week 17? Um, I mean, it's sort of the high, highs and lows. I'm going to still like a couple of moments, I guess. But uh, the highs being Kevin De Bruyne and keeping faith for that that legend that is. And he uh, delivered 19 points and uh, two goals and assists. Uh, and I'd, I'd almost lost faith of him and was going to swap him for Son. But for the, a price wise for Son prevented me from doing that just as a straight swap. So... That was quite fortuitous in some ways. Uh, and then the lows is that I've, I've gambled on the Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold double up for the last four weeks and not once have I managed to actually get a clean sheet with them both playing. So that was that was quite frustrating. I love that you say quite quite fortuitous that you couldn't make the Sun move. De Bruyne coming in with 19 points, <laughs> Sun getting two. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't planning to make it. I was always thinking, actually... KDB's got a better fix to this this week, but um, it certainly helped the fact that I couldn't make it as an easy transfer. I'd had to like jockey around in my team a bit more. Yeah, it was just tricky with De Bruyne, isn't it? Because I had the same thing. I'm sure a lot of people did. I looked at his stats, and he, I think he was top top of the pile in the last four game weeks for number of attempts um, from midfield, and he was also top of the pile for number of chances created. So it did feel a little bit crazy to get rid of him before playing against Arsenal. And yeah, I don't know. I think in the last pod, you, you and me were disagreeing over this, Matt, were we not? That the Man City were going to tear Arsenal, not a new one, but another one at least. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'm not going to deny that you were right on that one. <laughs> <laughs> the Arsenal fans spoke wisely that your team was going to get absolutely humped and you'd barely lay, lay a glove on them. Uh, I mean, that's, that's my advice. About, that's my advice about Arsenal most weeks, unfortunately. I, 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 um, just, I just figured that you might, it might have a shot or two <laughs> in reply. But there we go. No, it's better not to hope. It's better not to hope. Man. <laughs> uh, ben, what was your FPL moment of game week seventeen? Um, I, I guess I'll do some high, high and the low as well. I think highs for my team, um, obviously Kevin De Bruyne, but um, Lord Lundstrom, uh, he's been he's been blanking for a while. Uh, so I know some people were thinking, well, is he? Should I play him every week, or should I use my bench? Especially when you know you've got a Kelly or Rico. It didn't really cross my mind. I, I I'm just playing Lundstrom blindly every week, and he it was he rewarded it this week with a assist and two bonus, so eleven points total. Uh, and I think most of us have Lundstrom in our mini league, maybe apart from Gary. And then uh, my low is I've been stubbornly sticking with Christian Pulisic because um, his stats are so good. He like shoots five times like almost every game. Uh, I didn't manage to catch the game this week, but I think similar story where, you know, his expected goals is always really good. It's, he's like at the top of the table for expected goals. And I've had him for like five game weeks and he's blanked every time. So um, I'm thinking I, I might ship him out eventually, but it's just kind of one of those players that, um, 
as FPL managers, sometimes you get a bit stubborn, and this is definitely the case case with me and uh, Pulisic. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it, with Pulisic? Because that matchup against that Bournemouth defence, no one saw that coming. And like you say, his stats are incredible for shots. So you think that that's a perfect marriage. But have you had any points at all from Pulisic since you brought him in? <laughs> no. I think I've had him for maybe five game weeks. Yeah. And he's blanked every single week. Wow. That is a good yeah. true American hero. <laughs> yeah. The all-American hero, the Christian Pulisic, Captain America. Nice one. Um, yeah. I mean, you guys have both stolen my highs. I think De Bruyne and Lundstrom... Uh, keeping De Bruyne as well. That was a highlight for me. Um, so I'm going to have to take a very small high. Uh, I, I said that I would keep this as my, my highlight. And Jamie Vardy, I mean, he didn't score. He got an assist. But getting an attacking return again for the ninth week in a row, uh, that's going to be my high because he, he was my captain, as he was, I'm sure, probably most people's captain who have him. Um unless you went for a, a differential, which a few people were talking about on Twitter. Five points, still not bad. I'm happy with that. I think that's probably the minimum I'd be happy with for a captain return. Um, my low was probably my my double transfer, where I got rid of Jimenez. Having having like recommended and said I was going to stick with him uh, at the end of last week's pod, I then, as often happens during the week, re- rethought stuff and I was looking at Ben at the top of our league and thought, Ben doesn't have Rashford. I don't think he can afford him because he's got uh, Connolly from Brighton on his bench. So that's a big jump. So I'll bring in Rashford. He's got a lovely run of fixtures. Jimenez has got a nasty run of fixtures. And yeah, and it will work out. But to do that, I had to get rid of um, Sergio Rico, who's who's been doing all right. Um, I think, yeah... Bonus point the other day, three bonus points the other day, and a clean sheet this week. Had to get rid of him to free up funds, which is pretty crazy considering how cheap he is. I brought in 3.9 million Jack Simpson, uh, which is pretty short termist <laughs> because he can't even get in the Bournemouth team with all their defensive injuries, and uh, they had they've got a pretty nasty run of fixtures. Um, well, not the nasty run of fixtures, just Arsenal and Chelsea in those three games that I was bringing him in for. And also, my defence is in tatters anyway, because I've got uh, Jan Matt stinking up my bench, and I've got Trent, who's not going to play the next game. So it's almost like dead-ending your defence uh, before, <laughs> before um, without having a wild card. Um, so that was probably my low light. Yeah, Jimenez got the return, obviously, and Rashford blanked, uh, which is pretty annoying. Yeah. Well, one interesting thing is, uh, you know, Magnus Carlsen, who I think was number one at, uh, I think on Saturday, probably won't be at the end of the game week on FPL. I was, I was looking at his team this weekend, and that was the transfer he made, Duncan, was to bring in Jack Simpson. Was, was it? Like, very, yeah, it's very strange. That's insane. He's already got, he's already got, because um, I know his team now as well, he's already got <laughs> Reed from West Ham. The, the other three points. So he's, he now has two 3.9 defenders. No, no, no. He took Reed out for Simpson. Wow. Okay, so, so that's mad. He's I think, got... I think it's a good move. Maybe because Magnus Carlsen's from the future. So 
maybe in a couple game weeks, Simpson will start playing again. <laughs> so this is this is very niche. I understand that, but he's got three Liverpool players. I think. I think he's got Trent, Mane, and Salah, which is obviously doing really well for him. But he's he's going into game week eighteen with three Liverpool players and two three point nine defenders who don't play. That's five players missing from his team. Surely he's going to free hit, right? Yeah, I don't know. He's got um, to. <laughs> we'll see. Well, the great yeah. mind. Yeah, I, I don't even understand it. It must be a free hit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, should we, should we have a look at the fixtures uh, coming up for game week 18? Blank game week 18, or mini blank. Uh, the first one is Everton versus the mighty Arsenal. And that's for Ben. Yeah, so I I missed the Manu Everton game, but they obviously got a good result. Well, probably a decent result for Everton, one-one uh, with United. I had the pleasure of watching Arsenal <laughs> as a KDB owner, and they were they were shocking. Um, so this one's at Goodison. I think this one will be close. Um, I know a lot of people are. Thinking um, about Richarlison at 7.8 in that um, kind of mid-price midfield bracket. Um, I think today, um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka pretty much locked him up, so he didn't really do anything. But Richarlison might be a good shout against a leaky Arsenal defence. I think uh, Calvert-Lewin is kind of interesting at 5.7 because under big dunk... Assuming Big Dunk continues, I think he he sees a lot of himself in D, uh, DCL, and Calvert Lewin's been playing, played both the full ninety, um, and was uh, was a handful um, today as well. So he might be a, a gut punt. I'm kind of I'm kind of um, tracking him as a gut punt type player. And then on the Arsenal side, I didn't really see too much. I thought it's interesting. Martinelli has started both both games full ninety under Ljungberg at four point five. Um, could be good bench fodder if you have a lot of spare transfers. But the only problem with that is, like, I don't know how long Freddie has before the new manager comes in. And as soon as I assume as the new manager comes in, like, they won't be playing Martinelli as a starter. So, yeah, I think it'll be a... I'll go with a score draw for this game. But I don't know if you have any thoughts, Duncan, as an Arsenal supporter. Oh, well, this is the... Um... This is the big kind of derby between uh, me and my uh, father-in-law. So this is a big one uh, for our for our family. Um, I think these are normally fairly even games, I would say. Um, I think also away to Everton, it's a bit tougher. Um, you saw how Everton were up, really up for it in their last home game. Um, and, you know, Ferguson can really generate that atmosphere in a home game. And if he's going for that kind of blood and thunder, kind of win every second ball, big tackles, big headers, that kind of thing, then Arsenal in disarray is a kind of perfect away team to face, really, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I imagine Ferguson's team talk will be the classic. They don't like it up them. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm obviously not going to recommend any Arsenal players, but I like your DCL shout and he's... He seems like an option for people who, like you, have Connolly potentially. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I, I, I think he, you know, especially if if Big Dunk is like, let's get up and at them, 
like DCL is going to be that type of player. Um, he did he did that well against Chelsea. Um, I guess the only thing with Everton too is if they do they continue giving big dunk a run or or do they look for a new manager? And then there's a new manager like Calvin Lewin versus some of their other strikers. Um, that reminds me, like uh, Moise Keane got <laughs> subbed on at 70 minutes and then got subbed off like 18 minutes later. So really, that's gonna make, yeah, that's gonna make the the stories um, about how Duncan Ferguson not taking any crap from anyone. Didn't I? Don't think he saw him running around enough against United to hold him off. Wow. And then Moise Keane just walked off into the tunnel pretty sad with himself. Bloody hell, that's pretty extreme. Substitution, 18 minutes. Yeah. Um, Shades of Emmanuel Abue back in the day. Oh, yeah. Substituting the substitute. I mean, getting subbed before half-time is harsh, but substituting a substitute after 18 minutes, that is brutal. So I'm guessing we won't see him for a while. So, yeah, it makes that DCL shout even even stronger. Personally, I don't think they'll they'll keep hold of Ferguson as manager, but for the moment, he's there, isn't he? So, yeah, nice one. Matt, what do you reckon to Villa Southampton? I mean, what a game, hey? What a game. (laughs) I don't think much as with us at Hampton. Um, they are two teams that are really struggling for form down in the relegation zone. Um, I mean, based on watching Match of the Day this morning, um, Southampton really disappointing loss against uh, West Ham. I hope West Ham. Villa lost 2-0 against Sheffield United, but at least looked like a proper scrap. Um, and so I guess with Villa at home, and what I'd say is, playing slightly better last week than I'd back Villa to win this one but it's not saying much um, and I guess in fantasy terms there are two assets for both uh, one for each team I'd say that are worth considering so uh, Danny Ings for Southampton I mean he, he blanked uh, last game week but he's been on a hell of a run of form and, and great great value so if they do get a goal the chances are it'd probably be Danny Ings somewhere involved probably scoring um, and then Jack Grealish again uh, he he missed a penalty against uh, Sheffield United, which would have kept his point scoring run up. Um, he's a player on form, and it wasn't the worst penalty in the world. It's sort of underside of the crossbar and out. So uh, I reckon he, he he's a good shout as well to to continue getting points with Villa having some fairly good fixtures at the moment. Yeah, I, I like the the Grealish one is interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people have talked about bringing him in from game week eighteen. I didn't realise he was on penalties. Is that the case? Or or was it that they'd taken off um, their striker, Wesley? Yeah, well, Wesley's on bad form. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they've done that. But um, I don't think they get that many penalties. So it's not really come up that much before. But, I mean, he has just missed it. So, maybe they'll do the system where he rotates to the next guy. Um, but, yeah. So, he got zero points last game week. But then before that, he's uh, yeah, he's got a series of, what, six points, two points, nine points, six points. And looking quite dangerous in those games as well. Like he looks like their star man at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually watched Southampton West Ham live. Don't ask me why I did that. <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had none of the players, um, but Danny Ings was so unlucky not to not to score. He hit the underside of the bar, and then he had a goal disallowed for a foul. So um, I was, I was a bit worried actually watching Danny Ings as a non-owner. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's a good shout. I don't know if they have a they they're about to hit a pretty tough 
run Southampton. Uh, they got Chelsea and Spurs and Leicester. But yeah, if if you have him, then I think you definitely keep him for this fixture. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I watched that game as well. He was really dangerous, wasn't he? He hit the crossbar, had quite a few shots, had a goal disallowed as well. Yeah. But, and, then, um, and then I was like, oh, this is why Liverpool signed him, because he actually was pretty good at one point. No Sebastian Haller, though, in the end, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, next up, it's Bournemouth Burnley, and this is one for me. Um, I think similar to what I said about Jimenez, how I was going to keep him last week, and then during the week I changed my mind. Um, I, I said about Nick Pope, don't be afraid to get rid of him before this Newcastle game. And then during the week, the, the news broke that Shelby was out, Almiron was out, um, St. Allen uh, was out, and that Andy Carroll was going to be leading the line. So that definitely changed my thinking and I kept hold of Pope. I was very pleased with that clean sheet. And, and actually now they've kind of, they've got that clean sheet on their belts. You know, they've got a couple recently uh, in, in the recent past at least. And Bournemouth is another team with um, defensive problems. Well, sorry, attacking problems and defensive problems. They've got problems everywhere. Um, So up front, Callum Wilson has a hamstring injury. I don't think he'll be, uh, seen in this fixture. Dominic Solanke has played a lot of minutes recently and has not, as far as I'm aware, got any attacking returns whatsoever. Um, his his BPS scores have been all below uh, 10, which is pretty damn appalling, and that's all season. Um, so I, I guess they're only playing him because he's the only option, really. Um, Josh King uh, played in the last game, but He's probably playing through pain and playing with an injury. He got subbed on 74 minutes. Um, so, yeah, as a goal threat, you know, um, Dan Gosling looped uh, poor man's bicycles aside. Um, yeah, I think Burnley looked good again for a clean sheet uh, away from home against a Bournemouth team who are just papering over the craps, basically. I know they won at Chelsea, um, but I think, the attacking threat is what I'm looking at against Burnley. I don't think they are going to pose one, really. So, yeah, if you've got Burnley defenders, you've got Matt Lowton, you've got Nick Pope, then this is another fixture where you don't have to worry about it. I'm sure a lot of people have Trent or Robertson and they can worry about that instead. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd pretty keen on a clean sheet for Burnley. I think it may be that time of the season when a team like Burnley kind of comes to the fore, you know, Fixtures are thick and fast. The weather's pretty horrible. Uh, everyone's teams are injured, um, but they just kind of doggedly, you know, bully out um, a clean sheet. Um, so, yeah. Apart from <laughs> Bournemouth, uh, unless you want to join me in the Jack Simpson and Magnus <laughs> Carson in the jumps, Jack Simpson Maverick boat, um, then I would stay away um, from any of them at the moment. Yeah. Um, right, who's up next? Who have we got? I think, I, I think I've got Brighton, Sheffield United. Okay, what do you reckon? So we're potting on Sunday, so before Brighton play on Monday, uh, the Avian Derby against Palace, so I'm interested to see how they get on. Um, on the Brighton side, I'm hoping Connolly will play tomorrow um, because he's been injured for a bit, and I, I will need him with Liverpool having blanking next week. And on the Sheffield United side, I think most most players will 
keep playing um, their defenders and Lundstrom, um, mainly because I think this will be a tight game. Uh, I, I could see Brighton scoring, honestly, or maybe this being a score draw. But I think most FPL managers will, will have to play assets from this game if they have them, given the, the Liverpool-West Ham blank. So, yeah, just play your players and hope hope it's a nil-nil or something. <laughs> Definitely seems like uh, Brighton away is one of the best defensive fixtures. I know it's not great, but it's one of the better defensive fixtures out of the popular defenders in Game Week 18, isn't it? So, Lundstrom seems like, yeah, yeah. first name on the team sheet, isn't he? Yeah, and by now, if you don't have lunchroom, I mean, don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about uh, Lise Mousset? There's been a lot of people uh, saying recently that they're considering moving him on, having had him uh, for a few fixtures. He obviously had that lovely patch of form, but in the last three, he's he's blanked. Do you think it's time to get rid? His minutes are coming down. Not that they've ever been particularly great, but do you think he was a little bit of a flash in the pan? Yeah, I mean, I personally thought so. I think he's blanked in three game weeks. Um, and I know they have... I mean, they're Brighton and then Watford next. So maybe keep him for, for those two. But then by the time you've got City away, Liverpool away, uh, you probably will want to have get rid. I would maybe have an eye on keeping him for Watford at home next, potentially. Um, but yeah, I think... I think after that, I would I would personally get rid of him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Matt, what do you reckon to Newcastle Crystal Palace? Um, so yeah, I mean, as you were saying, Newcastle got some injury problems, um, and they obviously uh, got beaten by Burnley uh, last week. Uh, but then they they have been doing all right, Newcastle overall. So they're a difficult team to predict at the moment. I mean, they can't get their fans in. Uh, because everyone hates uh, the owner, um, so I heard they're giving away tickets these days to try and try and fill up their stadium. And Palace, I don't think are the sort of the draw that will get the uh, the fans sort of readily going through the turnstiles. Uh, it's not exactly a derby, and Palace are not exactly free scoring. So th- there's a, uh, they play on Monday. I've got Zaha in uh, in my team at the moment, and um, I think Monday might be one of his last chances for me. Um, if he blanks in that again, then. I think I'm going to lose patience, but in in paper, this is still quite a good fixture. I think for uh, for for some like Zaha, um, because uh, whilst whilst Palace keep it quite tight, they they're quite good on the break sometimes, and so therefore they might get a chance or two. Um, so yeah, Zaha of interest. I, I don't Newcastle seem to be spreading the points around their team a little bit, so I, I'm not particularly tempted by anyone in particular, um, but. They, they they do seem to keep plodding along. So a tight fixture, hard to call. Uh, but yeah, I think last chance was Zaha for me. Um, and the Palace defenders, not bad picks with Kelly being the, the bargain man that he is and Guaita being quite a good goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, Palace, I think an intriguing one fantasy-wise. But uh, this is a game that they could win, but it, it could be tight. Palace seem to be the obvious move for me in terms of defensive options for this kind of run coming up and especially game week 18 when a lot of people will be missing a a Liverpool defender and where do you think people should be looking in the Palace defence? Should they be looking at Kelly for the budget or should they be going for options who maybe might last longer in the team once Ward's back? 
So, and I think Kelly's the one to go for because he's so cheap. He even got bonus point last week, which was um, which was, was super for those those people that players that owned him and, and got him in their team. Um, I mean, the others, uh, I mean, the others are more expensive um, and just can't match his current form. So, Tompkins at five, it's a bit pricey, considering you can get a guy for 4.3. Van Arnhout would be the one that you'd say I was a bit of a differential because he goes forward too, but he's uh, he's injured at the moment. So, yeah, I think Kelly's the outstanding option if you're looking for a defender. Um, and Greater's the guy that in goal has been ticking over really quite nicely recently. So, I think he's the other tempter if you're looking for a Palace defence. But, uh, yeah, I guess if you've got a got a get past your Liverpool assets in the next game week, then um, then yeah, maybe Kelly's still your man whilst he remains at 4.3. For me, I just, with my defence in tatters, Jack Simpson, Jan Matt with his injury and Trent, I just feel like I don't want to bring in another short-term problem. So I'd, I'd be going for Cahill myself, you know, only 0.2 more than Kelly. And I think he's going to stay first team for the rest of the season. Whereas when Ward comes back in January, Sounds like he's on on course for coming back when they're planning. Kelly may lose his place again, but it seems likely he will. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good shout, um, and I guess it depends how long you want to keep that Palace asset for. Uh, because if you're literally just talking next game week, where you want to play out your cheap defender, then then well, why not just save two point two million? But yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it works for your defence, doesn't it? Because you say you've got these players that don't play in your defence, so you need, you need a reliable starter. You, you need to decide whether Palace defensive options are for Christmas or or for the whole year. It's like <laughs> a Christmas puppy, isn't it? Indeed, yeah. Um, okay, next up, it's Norwich versus Wolves, and this is one for me. I had the pleasure of watching Leicester versus Norwich, and Norwich putting in a, a decent performance. Uh, I think Leicester were definitely under par, um, Jamie Vardy wasn't. He was a serious threat. But I think Leicester, maybe the, the rest of the Leicester team was kind of showing how they're not quite top of the league standard. Um, but Norwich played well. Um, Wendia and um, Puki linking up really nicely a, a good few times with three balls behind the defence. And Puki was definitely looking a lot, lot sharper than he was after he went off form at the start of the season. Um, yeah, he's... I, I'm quite confident in, in him when I see him in front of goal now. Um, he seems to have got his touch back. So he's an interesting option, actually, I think. Uh, um, I think he's around 6.7, something like that at the moment. And he's clearly a finisher. Um, Price-wise, you know, you can move there quite easily. There was uh, talk that he, he fractured his toe during the game, but he played on um, during the second half and still looked like a threat. Um, picked up three bonus as well in this game, um, which is quite encouraging. Uh, 6.6 million he's at now at the moment, which is a nice price, especially if you, that price you don't feel like you have to play him the whole time. And with Southampton's fixtures turning a bit nasty um, pretty soon, then maybe he's an option to move um, from Danny Ings. His fixtures aren't amazing, Um you know, it's a bit of a mixed fixture for him, but at least he's got, you know, two home games in his next three or four home games in his next three, actually, um, which makes it a bit more tempting. Um, yeah, apart from that, um, I think Wolves, um, they still seem like pretty 
solid, safe options. We brought in Traore recently to our joint team. He came in with a 10-point return, which is amazing for his price. And he's getting those minutes. You know, we were worrying that he, he'd keep changing formation and personnel, but is getting those minutes and he's showing faith in him. Jimenez is still still getting those incredible attacking stats, but in terms of returns, it's just uh, amazing assists every week. So, um, yeah, I think if you have him, you definitely hold him for this fixture um, because the stats recently showed that Norwich were actually uh, better defensively away from home, and that showed against Leicester. And at home, they were actually m- one of the worst teams in the league uh, for conceding chances. So maybe at home they feel they can play that expansive games and counter-attacking teams like Wolves can just pick them apart. Um, so yeah, definitely on the break, players like Traore, um, very interesting and hot, hotter, you know, back in form now um, with his kind of three goals recently. So yeah, um, I think if you have your Wolves assets, you hold. Um, if you've got Norwich players, you probably, I'm guessing you're like me you might have to play them in this fixture because of your Liverpool blanks so it's just it's just kind of a, a hoping game really but yeah I like the look of Wolves um, counter-attack what, against an expansive Norwich team what do you reckon to Todd Cantwell the uh, the budget midfield man I mean what more do you want from someone who started the season at 4.5 and has stayed pretty close to that all season he's at uh, you know 61 points for the season so far uh, he's up there in terms of total returns with Deli Alley, Ward Prowse, John McGinn, and even you know James, uh, Daniel James at United, who has got um, some serious minutes and has looked good all season. Todd Cantwell is competing with him, um, getting the minutes. He's getting the attacking returns every now and then. I, I don't think he's a fourth midfielder. I think he's the perfect fifth midfielder, and for me, it works really well playing three four three. Because in a game like Game Week 18 or a game like when Mane is dropped, he can come in. Or if he has a nice fixture, I can save a transfer and play him. Um, yeah, I love him. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it's interesting. I, I agree that Pookie looked bang back in form. But the idea of owning two Norwich assets when they're reached to the bottom of the table and uh, on the back of one fixture uh, seems a bit bit hasty. And yeah, I know, yeah, Cantwell, I, just, I never... He's never good enough or got a good enough fixture for me to want to put in my team. I mean, so yeah, as you say, he's good, good bench fodder, but I never quite want to play him. And so therefore it makes me question sometimes whether, whether I should have him or not. The nice thing with Cantwell is he's, he seems to telegraph his points, doesn't he? Because he says, you know, he goes on these little spurts of, you know, two or three games. So earlier in the season, he got a 10 point return. He was on everyone's bench and they say, oh, you know, I might play him next game. He gets a goal and he gets seven points. Then later on in the season, 10-point return on everyone's bench. And you say, oh, I might play him next week. He gets eight points. So he, he signals to everyone when he's going to get get these returns, um, which is quite nice. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's probably just a coincidence, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, next up is the big game of the weekend, Man City versus Leicester. And this is one for Ben. Yeah, big game. Big game for the weekend. I, I watched City today. I thought they were kind of back to their old, old selves um, good going forward I still think they're very suspect defensively um, Arsenal had that chance within like one minute um, where I think Martinelli ran ran off the back of Otamendi 
Otamendi doesn't doesn't look too solid. Um, but I think City will win this game. I'll back them to win this game. Um, Leicester aren't the type of team I think they like playing where, you know, defensively pretty solid and then we'll try and hit them on the counter. I just think City will, will really see this as a game where they want to show their quality. Um, so, you know, I've, I think most all of us are pretty smug with ourselves holding Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I, I wonder if it's a cheeky captain shout, um, De Bruyne at home to Leicester City trying to make a, a statement. Um, so, yeah. And then Leicester, I mean, I, I think I'll be playing my Leicester assets just because kind of have to. I think Jamie Vardy could still do pretty decent against uh, a suspect City back line. Um, but I, I wouldn't expect them to keep a clean sheet. So I'm not hoping too much from my kind of Leicester defenders. So, yeah, I think it will be a, a tight game. I think City will, will win, is my prediction. Yeah, you, so is Vardy captain good or not? And two, two I, I mean, everyone, I've captain Vardy like probably the last five game weeks. I think this is a really interesting game week for captains because there is no obvious captain. So I think it could go something punty. It's a little bit too punty for me, Vardy away at City, but it may be, it may be a decent shout. Yeah, I, I really like that you guys have brought up captaincy because that was going to be my question as well. I think um, looking at the fixtures this week, that's the big question, isn't it? Because there are no outstanding captain, obvious captain options. That's why I guess Matt is asking about Vardy in this really you know, you wouldn't really consider this away to Man City as a captainable fixture. But apart from, you know, the best fixtures look like uh, Wolves with uh, Norwich away and maybe Man United with Watford away. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I, I don't have Rashford. I think and Rashford captain might be interesting. Um, it would have been a little bit safer if Man U had actually played well today. <laughs> But because um, you never know with United what kind of team or like uh, performance you're going to get out of them. Um, but then City at home, Spurs at home, you know, normally people like to captain the home side as well. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah, it is. And it's so annoying that in a way that the Bruyne's return points this week because now everyone's going to think about that De Bruyne captaincy next week. I think that's a pretty good shout. Yeah. I my my bus captain right now is is someone even more punty. It's uh, it's Delhi Alley right now for me. Yeah, I was, okay. was going to say that the Spurs assets are probably the ones that stand out. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't have any Spurs assets, but by the end of the game week, I probably will have some. Um, and I'm definitely tempted to captain one of them uh, because they've got the home fixture. Chelsea look on a bit of a rocky patch as well, so. Whilst they're playing against a big team in the top four, actually they're playing against a team that's off form and therefore maybe they're the ones to go for. Yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah, we'll come to Chelsea at the end of this preview, but first up it's Watford and Man United. We've kind of touched on them there, Matt, with talking about Rashford. I saw um, Fancy Football Scout Joe talking on Twitter uh, this weekend and saying, Interesting seeing Liverpool scoring a, a flowing counter-attacking move against Watford. Does that bode well for Rashford? He loves those kind of goals. So I don't think so, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, 
as as a Manu fan, it was interesting. I listened to a, a Manu podcast, and they predicted that I also I agreed with them at the time that Everton uh, was that Manu would not end up beating Everton. We really struggle, and we've got a team that's set up to counterattack against top sides uh, that that push right onto us, and so therefore we've got some fantastic results recently against all the top teams. Uh, but comes to the run of the mill, sort of you've got to beat the team that's lower than you, and they just sit back. We cannot. I mean, we, we maybe sometimes score the goals, but we just cannot break them down sufficiently well to win, win the matches. And I fully predict a draw for Man U here. Uh, Watford, uh, new manager, try, players trying really hard. Uh, I mean, they kept, they gave Liverpool a bit of a tough game in the end. I mean, Liverpool at Anfield, um, they managed to catch them on the counter, but I think that's because Liverpool are really good at countering and uh, they managed to do so from a corner and only just... Uh, with the, I think Saar was tracking back, but couldn't quite get to Salah in time. I, I think Manu might might just struggle to break him down. I mean, maybe we should win. Don't get me wrong, but and Rashford's still a fairly good shout. But I reckon this could be a low-scoring, gritty affair that gets dragged into a draw or a, or even a Manu loss. Wow, that's that's a Gary-esque prediction. I like it, Matt. <laughs> You're coming off your fence and yeah, nailing your colours to the. The mast, and it's yeah. it's a Watford mast. United, I think, are one of those teams that are going to annoy managers all season because uh, you usually predict a team to beat teams that are lower than them in the table and beat and lose the teams that are higher than the table. But I think Man United the complete inverse of that this season. I think they're they're just primed and set up to beat teams of high quality, but can't can't break down teams that are there. Well, I I, I think Nigel Pearson's comments after the game were quite interesting in his first kind of post-game interview as Watford manager, he seemed to say that they didn't try and pass the, park the bus against Liverpool and they didn't want to do that. What they wanted to do was um, to challenge them and have a balance to the team. And he definitely had that against Liverpool. They pushed forwards in quite a few instances. They definitely didn't sit 11 men behind the ball. So maybe at home, that's what he'll do as well. Maybe there will be those spaces. I mean, I'd be delighted if that's the case. Um, I mean, I think if Nigel Pearson wants to uh, go go high line against Man U, then uh, he, he's he's more than welcome to, and Rashford's points will come home. Um, but I I I think most ta- tacticians would be a fool currently to uh, to play a high line against Man U. Yeah, we'll see if he is an ostrich. Um. So next up, it is Tottenham versus Chelsea. And that's one for me. We've kind of covered it a little bit. Interesting that, Ben, you're saying your captaincy is on Deli Alley, even after he blanked this game week. How come? Yeah, I, I, I don't know my memory is failing me, but I remember this game, I think it was against Chelsea a couple of seasons ago, where Deli scored like two headers. Do you guys remember that game? Yeah, that was against Chelsea. That was against Chelsea. Yeah. And then I was also thinking, you know, Frank Lampard probably will be an open game because Chelsea don't really defend. Um, so I'm just basically hoping for like goal fest where both teams just go at each other. I know Mourinho will try and probably sit up tactically somehow. Um, I'm not saying Delhi will be my captain, but he's currently my bus captain. And that was my thinking was, I just remember those two-headed goals from Delhi a couple of seasons ago against Chelsea. And I was like, oh, maybe it'll happen again. I think um, 
Yeah, I'm. I like that. I like that thinking. I also think in terms of Chelsea, the formation. I know you say that they can't really park the bus and they'll play quite an open game. I think, yeah, I think it will be an open team because that's the way he likes to play. But I think formation-wise, what we'll see in this game is what we've seen against uh, Valencia away, Lille in the Champions League, where they needed to get the result. I think you'll see three midfielders, central midfielders, in Kante, Jorginho, and Kovacic. Uh, instead of those three attacking midfielders, you'll just see the two uh, and Abraham up front. So I think they will be more solid uh, and more interesting keeping things tight than they do against smaller teams and, and when they play at home. I think that's a risk for Mount owners because he's the one that's been uh, rotated or dropped for those tough away games and those tougher fixtures recently. It may mean that Mount plays on the left and, and Pulisic m- misses out, as we've been saying. Pulisic has, has not been getting the returns recently. Um, so that's one to watch. Lampard has also talked about uh, in the press in the last week or so how he may have to rotate in midfield. Um, so that's a bit of a warning sign, you know, especially with hudson Adoy now back from injury, and Pedro getting minutes recently, having not got any minutes under Lampard so far. So that is, I mean, this is a big game. Don't get me wrong. He's going to play his strongest team he can, he can. But yeah, I think that formation is a bit of a key for me. Um, I just, I'm, I'm just surprised you're going Ali over Son after Son's wonder goals and all of his double-digit returns recently, Ben. Yeah, I think it's just uh, based on you know sometimes certain players do do well against other teams. That that was my thinking. I haven't actually looked at Son's stats against Chelsea. Um, don't know if they're good or not, but I do remember Delhi normally does well against them. I think it's also interesting because. For the top four race, you know Mourinho will really want to win this game because I think it will close the gap to like one point for the top four. So, yeah, who knows? It should be it should be an interesting game. Yeah, it's the Mourinho derby, one of the many Mourinho derbies. Um, nice one. Well, that's the end of the the fixtures for game week eighteen. But finally, I just want to ask you guys as a kind of space for the the Liverpool West Ham fixture. Matt, what what are you going to be doing for the blank with your Liverpool players? Um, and, and sorry, and your West Ham player as well, David Martin, lest we forget. Oh, I had, <laughs> oh, yeah. I had forgot I had him. Yeah, you're right. My current bench has no no players playing the fixture, um, so I, I've got two free transfers, and so I'll, I'll probably be subbing out, uh, probably subbing out Robertson. I might sub out Mane. I'm not sure, but. Um, I'm just going to try and work it. So I need to get some um, Spurs assets in. I think I need to try and work my magic to try and either get Ali, Son, um, tempted by Aurier. Uh, but but yeah, I, I haven't made up my mind yet because I also want to get Rashford in at some stage. Um, I know I've just poo-pooed Manu's chances of winning against Watford, but um, I still think that Rashford, regardless of us drawing and losing games, is going to be getting goals here and there. So. Um, I'd like to fit him in my, my my front three, but I also quite like my front three of Jimenez, Vardy and Abraham. They Between them have been pretty good this season. I think, I mean, at the moment, you'd look at it and say, well, do I drop Abraham? But he's he's been good value for his uh, for me so far this season, so that's a difficult one to, uh, to stomach. Yeah, so it looks like you're going to be going into the game with two players spare on your bench if you make those two transfers for two Liverpool players. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can certainly uh, navigate it just for the, for the one fixture. Um, 
because the challenge is that they, yeah, there aren't that many tempting fixtures to to replace these players with, and then you want Mane and and and, and Trent back in the uh, the week after. How about you, Ben? What are you thinking? Uh, or, so there's I'm... yeah, there's no chance I'm transferring out my Liverpool players. I think they will be. I will just throw them on the bench and then bring in Martin Kelly, legend, uh, away to Newcastle. And then I'm going to hope Aaron Connolly comes back on Monday and then hopefully starts at home to Sheffield United. I also have two free transfers, so um, I may do something pretty punty, uh, which will be a really thin bench for this week. But um, I'm looking at Anthony Martial to replace Pulisic. But it, it will mean that Rico has to go to like like you, Duncan, a three point nine defender that won't play. So it kind of rests on hopefully Connolly starting. But um, yeah, I, I'm not too happy with my Pulisic uh, position. So I'm trying to think of what to do there. Yeah, I mean, I hate to give you advice because you're leading our our league, and I'm trying to catch you. But <laughs> you're going <laughs> you're going into a a uh, set of fixtures for your back three and my back three and pretty much everyone's back three are Trent, Sonnenstu and Lundstrom. Uh, that is really tricky. You know, if you look at the next, you know, from here to game week 24, finding a fixture where you can find uh, three players with a good fixture or sometimes even two players with a good fixture. You know, Leicester are playing Man City. Uh, they're playing Liverpool. Uh, John Lundstrom has a similar set of fixtures uh He's playing Man City and Liverpool and then Arsenal and Man City in quick succession after that. So doing what I've doing, <laughs> I've done uh, and, and just blowing your blowing your cash from one week for Rashford uh, or someone else like Martial. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it myself. And Rico is getting the returns, isn't he? Um, if you're looking for those players, those cheap players with the fixtures, Rico and Bournemouth are one of those. Uh, teams. I know they've got defensive problems, but game with 18, it's not bad against Burnley. Um, then it's a you know a sea of green after game week 20. Um, so maybe he can fill in with another unexpected clean sheet somewhere. Um, but you know, why listen to me? You know, <laughs> do do your thing. <laughs> Go Maverick, Jack Simpson. It's all about Jack Simpson. Um, oh, it's not really that I want Jack Simpson. It's what it's more that I think Martial is better than Pulisic, and I gotta fund it somewhere. Yeah, you have to. You got to do this. Yeah, it's yeah. important for you. Do it. Um, <laughs> what about what about whipping boys, um, Matt? Who are your whipping boys this week? Um, so this is the difficult one, isn't it? Uh, I reckon that. What do I reckon? Yeah, it is really tough this week. Maybe there won't be any. Yeah, do we? Can we get to say there's no whipping boys this week? Uh well, you 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 need to say who is going to get the most whipped. They don't have to be <laughs> fully whipped, but you know, <laughs> I mean, essentially the point of whipping boys is who is your captain on. Um, so who do you think your captain is going to be on? I'm going to flip the question around. So, I reckon. Uh, you don't know so, that I. <laughs> so, so I don't know if I call it whipping boys or not, but I, I quite like the Man City Leicester fixture. I just think that there's going to be goals in that game. Um, I, I think that Man City are 
brilliant going forward and therefore will score against everyone. And uh, their defence is a bit shaky and perfectly primed for someone like Vardy. So I'm, I'm look, still looking at that fixture as like a prime scoring fixture. Hmm. Okay, and you're considering De Bruyne or Vardy, basically. Yeah, but I mean that, that's not to say that one's going to whip the other. It's just that it's a uh, it could be it could be a goal fest. Yeah, a bit of spanking, something like that. Yeah, spanking, but both both ways. But gentle. <laughs> <laughs> both ways and share. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Can you see anyone being no. whipped or spanked? I I agree with Matt. Um, my second choice would be. Maybe maybe Wolves can put a couple past Norwich, but I'm not su- I'm not super convinced about that. Yeah, and then and then there maybe maybe there'd be a miracle when United turn it on and can put a couple past Watford, but I don't see that happening either. I love I love that that's a miracle in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> bottom of the table or close to bottom of the table, Watford. Maybe we can put a couple past them. Um, yeah, I mean, that shows you how bleak it is this week. Do you think if if people are really stuck this week um, and they want to keep their Liverpool players, do you think it's worth playing a free hit or do you think that's madness? Madness. Yeah, madness. Why? Why? It's too early. Too early in the season. You've got 11 players you can play. I mean, they might not have great fixtures, but uh, there, there could be points later on in the season when you've got Three, fi- like five three or four six, fixtures, right? yeah. yeah, and you've got to put an entire eleven out. That's when yeah. you can lose big points. So I think saving it for then is it. It's a chip. I think that's worth. I don't know what ten points potentially. Um, so depends I, if you play it in a double game week. Well, of course, but yeah, I, I'd value the chip at at ten points. If it, I don't think it's going to get me ten points, and I won't play it. I don't think this game week could could bring you a ten point bonus from your current side. Yeah. There just aren't the fixtures out there. Um, like, we can't pick whipping boys, can we? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, can you see... I'm going to phrase this differently to normal. Ben, can you see any clean sheets? Yeah, I think Newcastle Palace could be a nil-nil. Yeah. Matt, can you see any clean sheets? Um. I think Bournemouth Burnley could be a, a nil nil too. I mean, I, I thought that your analysis was spot on, but I, Bournemouth are coming off a great result, and I reckon that at home they might actually they do send a chance against Burnley because Burnley are a little blunt. Uh, so yeah, yeah, and I guess the other one for me is probably Brighton Sheffield United. Um, I see potential of clean sheets there for both teams. So maybe those are our, our three fixtures. I think those are definitely the three fixtures to consider if you're if you're looking for def- cheap defensive players for this game week. Um, I'd say Villa have got a shout as well. Villa I'd, as well. I'd yeah. add them into the mix. Against Southampton, even with Danny Ings on fire. Uh, well, I mean, on fire, but not actually scoring a legal goal. Yeah. <laughs> still, it still looked pretty dangerous. Um, okay, so they're, they're kind of, and also run another mention as well. Um, should we have a look at our joint team? I think we did rather well this week, didn't we, Matt? Yeah, so joint team, just, just loading it up quickly, uh, has outscored all of us this week. Um, although a couple of us have the uh, pending players in the, the Palace uh, Brighton match. And um, 
I mean, Starman, Lundstrom in there and De Bruyne um, and then Vardy captain was solid enough. But where the extra points came in was having uh, Traore um, with a nice 10-point haul in our five-man midfield. Uh, so that was it was all, all good news. So uh, planning ahead for next week, I mean, it will start us off where we left last pod and we we're planning a two-stage uh, transfer process where we... We'd got Ali in last week and we, we'd planned with our two, two free transfers to, uh, to maybe ship out uh, Trent and uh, that would give us lots and lots of funds to maybe upgrade, was it Greenwood to Rashford? I think, yeah, I think the, the kind of reasoning behind this is because game week 18 is a bit tricky for our joint team because not only would we have Trent and Mane, but we also have uh, players like uh, Williams from Man United and Greenwood on our bench. So we're kind of four players light. Um, yeah. And, so and I'll start. I'd add that's an eight point Greenwood, by the way, on the back of this yeah. last game. <laughs> Very true. And if you're going to need someone to break down a, a deep Watford defence, then it's Mason Greenwood in the last 20 minutes or so, possibly. <laughs> uh, but that, that still remains. I mean, even if Greenwood gets the minutes for us, technically we can we can field an 11 potentially, uh, but it would be Geiter uh, away to Newcastle, Rico, Soyuncu away to Man City, Lundstrom, Traore, Tielemans, Ali, De Bruyne, Vardy, Abraham, Greenwood. So, yeah, back to you, Matt. Um, yeah, so I'm mean, going to guess the, the one that wasn't necessarily on board of this, this transfer plan uh, was Ben, who, who wasn't on last week's pod, so... Uh, what do you think of that transfer? And do you have any alternatives, Ben? I do not like it <laughs> because I see Trent as basically a season keeper type player where he's just going to amass points um, throughout the season. So I wouldn't even bother shipping him out. I think I think a more interesting... Uh, my alternate proposal is you turn Tielemans into Son Um where we've been, we've been sticking with Telemans, but he's he's black. He hasn't done anything for like five or six game weeks. Um, he's not really involved when Leicester do anything. I mean, watch him score against Man City. Now that I've said this, but um, I think Telemans to Son would be a nice upgrade. The problem is how we how you would fund it. We would need to find point two mil somewhere else. Um. And I think that's the tricky one. I think if it wasn't a blank game week, I would, I would turn Rico into fodder. But as Duncan has <laughs> oh said, as, as, as Duncan has said, that's probably not wise because we also have Williams. The other thought is you turn Treore into like Todd Cantwell or something. Is my other thought, um, which is a shame because you know Treore he has gifted us ten points this game week. Um, I just think that I just want Son instead of Tienemans is my proposal. <laughs> I guess it's, I agree with you that Tienemans is a problem um, and should be removed. I just don't know if this is the week where we do that because this is the week where it's more about getting 11 players on the pitch. Um, and yeah, I mean, at the moment we're we're fielding potentially Greenwood away to Watford and and we're playing Sainchu away to Man City, which which isn't nice either. 
Yeah, it's definitely not a good week to do it. Um, but if you if you pull the trigger on, yeah, I'm, I don't hate. I don't actually don't hate the Aurier Rashford transfer. It's just a shame to lose Trent because you know at some point you'll want him back in. Is is there something for us? Because I mean, the overall rank of of our joint team is has risen with our good our good score this weekend in the last few weeks. We're past the million mark. We're into the eight hundred k mark, which is not great. But um, this is our first time doing it jointly together. So, yeah, it's not all about overall rank. It's also just nice to chat about it as a as a team. But we maybe we need to think about differentials. And I I don't know if Trent is a differential. Aurier definitely is, though, isn't he? Yeah, and you could you can make an argument that I think Liverpool also do have Tottenham and United coming up. They don't really keep too many clean sheets. So it, I think that is more of a differential Aurier Rashford. I mean, I'm, I'm bench sitting slightly because I, I don't like having Tillemans on our side either. And I, I complained about it last week. But I think it's the, the difficulty with it is that we then have to like get some money in our, from, from squeezed out of our bench somehow to, to replace him. Um, I don't particularly like the trioid and account well transfer. Um, and yeah, it doesn't really solve our problems of having two livable assets and Williams not playing. Um, and then having Greenwood as a starting player, I think it's a bit, bit uncomfortable. So uh, I'm inclined to agree unless we can do it in a way that getting rid of, we can replace Tillemans of Son, but we'd have to like get rid of either Mane or Trent. I mean, yeah. What do you reckon, Ben? Uh, could you? Uh, yeah. Because hmm. <laughs> you could do or you could do Aurier in for well Trent, and then Tillemans to Son if that's and preferable. then save some save some money for later. And that's got cash in the bank, ready to maybe flip back to Trent at a later time. So, so your team you'd be playing if you did that, I assume, would be uh, Science. You would go to the bench. Uh, Aurier would come in for him because Sonchi's playing away to Man City. Aurier would come in for him, but you'd still have the problem that you're not fe- fielding 11 starters because Greenwood then has to start for us away to Watford. And he's, you, d- you don't know if he's going to be uh, coming on the pitch, really. Uh, I mean, you could play Sonchi um, if you want a guaranteed starter. But the, I mean, if we've got two transfers and and we could use those two transfers to bring in Rashford for one, for one of the few decent-ish fixtures um, and definitely decent fixtures going forward and bring in a player for someone who's blanking. You know, it's two players that aren't going to play this week for yeah. two, two, well... I say the Chelsea fixture is a decent fixture. We've said it's a, a good fixture. Aurier also was um, top of the bonus before uh, Tottenham conceded. So in terms of baseline BPS, he was doing really well. You, you've convinced me. Um, yeah. I, yeah, you've convinced me. I think it's a better team structure. I think you two have just given up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think it was always the best one, but I just wanted to sort of argue the toss and make sure that we thought about it. Um, I still no, think yeah, it's but... the best thing to do. It's... It's the it's the best of long term structure. My my transfer is like you're really you're really going deep into the bench of like bench fodder. Of Williams and yeah. 
which is what I'm trying to do with my own team, but <laughs> maybe not for the joint team. <laughs> we can't we can't all bring in Jack Simpson. <laughs> that can't be our recommendation for everyone this week. Um okay, so Aurier in for Trent and Greenwood out for Rashford. It seems kind of crazy to be bringing Rashford for a game that Matt, Matt in his preview, uh, has been more ab- adamant than ever before that Man United <laughs> are going to draw um, and kind of slip up away to Watford. And Ben called it, it will be a miracle if we get a couple <laughs> of goals in that picture. Are you sure that there's not a bet- better move here? Oh, but hey, he'll get two points if he completes 90 minutes. So, I mean, that's, that's something. Um, Is there some Greenwood or Siontri? Is there something to be said for the fact that um, maybe Williams, Manu uh, left back, uh, who now doesn't play, Brandon Williams, is more of an issue than Greenwood? You know, Greenwood has picked up another goal. Um, this game week just gone, eight points. Um, you know, picked up a goal the other day, five points for four point three, whatever he is now. Uh, is there an argument to say maybe we should upgrade our defence? You know, I was talking about it to Ben, I think, when we were talking about, you know, the standard back three at the moment, Sion Chu, Trent and Lundstrom, we're going to come into some serious problems with rotation for those players. Uh, I talked about those fixtures before. Is it not better to say, okay, we downgrade Trent, we bring in Aurier as discussed, but instead of buying Rashford, we spend the money on upgrading Williams to someone who's going to rotate well with those players in those tough fixtures, maybe like a Maybe a Crystal Palace defender or um, someone else. So I admire your your efforts to keep discussing different transfers that we can do. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to. <laughs> but I quite like, well, I mean, so the typical tr- uh, structure this season so far has been to have three at the back. Um, and therefore, you really only need one other playing defender, um, which yeah. Rico plays. So why do we have to like play around with four million Williams uh, to turn into a playing player? Uh, yeah, when we can like strengthen attacking players, I I say we do we bring him Rashford and we make him captain as the ultimate differential. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but the defensive rotation. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, so Aurier comes in and Rashford comes in for Greenwood. Yeah. Yes. And uh, strong, we agree on it? captaincy for Rashford. I can't yes. believe that it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you both have just said the man you are going to draw this game and slip up, and it's a, a miracle if they win. And now we're captaining Rashford. Uh, well, you, you, we want a differential, right? Yes, but is Rashford the differential captaincy? Uh, I mean, he's got he's got the perceivably best fixture. Is he not? <laughs> so, so I, I have I have predicted doom and gloom for Manu, but it doesn't mean that Rashford won't score. A penalty uh, to make it one all. Um, so he's got a good chance of getting a haul, and it's just man, you might not win the match, and he might not score like a, a brace or anything. Do you think that's better than the, our prediction that uh, De Bruyne is going to be part of the Man City onslaught against Leicester spanking? Uh, no, but I don't know. Well, it's, it's a close one. It's a close one. It's a really hard game week to predict. So. I guess we can either go uh, sort of gung-ho and pick differential Rashford or we can go a bit more uh, mainstream and go for De Bruyne or maybe Ali. What do you think, Ben? I just like captaining fresh transfers, you know, they're 
they're new to the team. They want to make a good impression. So, you know, you want to captain, you want to captain them. <laughs> they, they want to get to know the lads. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. And uh, do we have any fixtures to worry about this week before we bring in these players? I think we've got Carlin Cup, haven't we? Yeah. So uh, I'm guessing. I assume, that, I assume most teams play their reserves in that, right? Normally. Yeah, I mean, you just you just never know. Maybe, yeah, maybe Aurier or or someone might get the minutes. But yeah, I mean, we, we won't don't have to worry out. about price. Yeah, yeah. we've got zero yeah. point six in the bank, so there we go. Okay, I, I think that's a, a short pod, but that's probably going to be us for this week. Um, so leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Matt. Cheers, thank you. Um, I'll be watching Watford Manu attentively, but not expectantly. Uh, and are you hoping for that miracle, Matt, uh, Ben? Yeah, miracle is going to happen, Rashford captain. Thank you for your insight, and thank you guys for listening to us, and we will speak to you soon.